Hi, and welcome to Freelance to Founder Shorts. I'm Preston Lee. I am Clay Mosley, and you've probably heard our in-depth coaching calls with everyday freelancers who want to scale their business. Now, we're helping even more freelancers each week with Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10-minute episodes focused on answering one question from a listener like you. To promote your business on our show and get your question answered, visit freelancetofounder.com slash ask. And now let's dive into today's question. Today's question comes from Ani Milne, uh, who was on the show previously, and it's great to hear back from you again, Ani. She says, I have a question. I haven't raised my rates in two to three years, partly due to COVID. I currently charge $75 an hour. Do you think that it's too drastic to raise to $85 an hour? Important to note that I quote on a per project basis, so it's unlikely most clients will even notice. I'm about to write a new contract with a retainer client, though, who actually nudged me about raising my rates. So really the question is, you know, can I raise my rates? Should I raise my rates? I'm joined today by my new friend, Christine Olivas, uh, who will join us as a guest coach today. We'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsors and we'll dive into Ani's question. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. All right, welcome back to this short episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined, as I mentioned before uh, the commercial, I'm joined by my new friend, Christine Olivas, who is joining me as a guest co-host again today. You probably heard Christine last week as we answered a question on another short, and today we're going to talk tackle 
if I can talk, <laughs> we're going to tackle this question from Ani Milne. Uh, Christine, first of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be back. So excited to have you. I really loved the advice that you gave last week on the short. And um, let's really quickly, before we dive in, Christine, if people didn't hear you last week, give them just a quick view of who you are and um, what you're working on. Sure, absolutely. So I'm a marketing and strategy professional. I used to work full-time for a bunch of different startups and ad agencies, and then went out on my own in 2017. Uh, Realized I missed some of that collaboration um, with other folks, but didn't want to go back full-time. So I started my own company. Uh, So last January, I started Co-Conspirators Agency. We help uh, startups and also agencies uh, who can't hire folks or need marketing and strategy talent uh, as the founder, I do a little bit of client work, but my focus really is on bringing in new business, uh, making sure the business is set up for growth, and then also hiring new talent as well. I love it. I said last week, part of the reason I, I love having you here as a guest co-host is because you have experience in lots of different areas in terms of like where your career could go. You, you've worked lots of different jobs, uh, self-proclaimed job hopper even. Uh, you've been a freelancer, you know what that's like. Now you're growing an agency, so you know what that's like. There's just lots of wisdom to be gained here. And I think it shows people who listened last week, definitely. I know I got a lot out of it. So thank you again for being here. Let's um, let's review Ani's question. Uh, so she says, I haven't raised my rates in two or three years, partly due to COVID. She said, I'm currently charging $75 an hour. Do you think it's too drastic to raise to $85 an hour? And then she goes on to say, it's important to note that I quote on per project. And she also has a retainer client who was nudging her to raise her rates. What's your what's your sort of gut reaction to Ani's question here, Christine? Mm, well, my gut reaction is absolutely. And it should probably go higher. <laughs> that's, my first, <laughs> that's my first reaction. Uh, it's yeah. interesting because I think, you know, having experienced a lot of self-doubt or imposter syndrome at both full-time, but let's say even more surprisingly in my freelance career, I think once you go out on your own and you're sort of Mm -hmm. lacking the, I don't know, the structure and the process and the sort of rigor of the way that full-time companies evaluate and pay and hire, all of a sudden you're like, wait, should I even be doing this? Should I even be paid? (laughs) And I think that happens to everybody and it still happens today. You know, we had a we signed our um, largest contract in our history of founding, so in 18 months uh, last year. And I remember looking at the contract and just thinking, like, can we really pull this off, right? So there's always mm-hmm. that there's always that little <laughs> bit of fear and self-doubt built in. And I don't think that's ever going to go away. It's actually part of what motivates me to kind of get back out there. But um, I would say as a full-time employee, uh, you would be getting at least a cost of living wage, which with inflation now means a little bit less, but let's say 6% a year, right? 6 to 10% a year, depending on your company. As a freelancer, not having raised your rates in two to three years, I would say you're probably long overdue um, to kind of figure out what that number looks like and what's sort of fair and reasonable. So yeah, my first instinct is absolutely yes. And given mm. that it's been two to three years and how much has changed in the, the modern workforce, it could probably go higher. Yeah. Yeah. I just did the math. It looks like an 85 over 75 would be a 13% increase. So if we're, if we're just talking like just basic standard living costs or cost of living increase, you know, obviously that's well justified. I think, I think for me, like 
it's more than that though. I, I think there's, so first of all, my, my gut reaction, first of all, was like, I think she's just looking for permission to do what she knows she needs to do and what is right. Like she, and which, which to me, like you said, that's imposter syndrome, right? That's, that's classic imposter syndrome where it's like deep down, you know, that you're worth that, but somewhere superficially you have doubts and, and, um, and so you look for validation from people, from, maybe a, a group of freelancers or from uh, some podcast hosts or something <laughs> to say, you are worth that and probably more. And having knowing Ani and knowing some of her work, I would say she is worth that and she is worth more. Um, but I think we often look for for that validation, which I think is okay. And we're happy to offer that validation. But for me, it's like, you already know. You, I can tell from the way you've worded it you're trying to convince us to convince you, right? Mm -hmm. She says like, oh, I, I, I charge per project. So most people aren't even going to notice. And like all of the, all of these things that to me, it says, you already know what you need to do. I think you should go for it. Yeah, absolutely. One, I think a lot of it is tied to sort of the biggest reasons for rejection from prospective clients, right? So if you, I don't know, I like to compare uh, dating <laughs> to freelancing quite a bit because there are a lot of over. <laughs> there are some similarities. Yeah, there's some similarities, and it's sort of like I don't know if you know, for example, that you having kids when you go out to date is a deal breaker. Um, you know, then you're sort of less likely to to bring it up or broadcast that piece. You know, and I think mm. for freelancing, mm -hmm. money is the biggest reason why contracts you know, go why prospects go dark, why contracts don't get signed. And it's the ongoing debate, right? If folks can't afford you, is it worth doing? I think a lot of it depends on where you are in your freelancing career. I definitely hmm. took some things that were less than what I knew I deserved for the first <laughs> right. year to build my portfolio. But the further you go, and it sounds like, you know, this professional has a lot of experience and a pretty decent portfolio and, you know, a great client reputation. And the further you go, the more you have to say no, or you end up kind of selling yourself short. Um, yeah. And I was also going to say, I think you also don't have to communicate this in every case. Um, it's a question that's come up a few times with uh, the agency because we've decided to quote, change our rate card um, for the existing retainer client. Definitely. If you're, you know, have an arrangement like that ongoing with a client, you're going to want to go back and say, hey, due to inflation, due to changes in the market, due to insert reason here, I'm changing my rates mm -hmm. and here's what they are transparently. But as you approach new clients, assuming there isn't a record of your pricing somewhere online, um, just as a mm -hmm. matter of principle, I don't tend to communicate rate increases. And sometimes I change them from week to week, depending on the demand. And if, you know, we are short on pipeline, I might up the rates a little mm -hmm. bit and just figure it's worth it. So I, as a matter of principle, I tend to not in practice, I tend to not communicate rate changes yeah. unless that's the ethical thing to do for an existing client. Yeah. And, and often, uh, you know, depending on if you feel like you can grandfather in clients, depending on how much work they give you, like there are lots of options. I think too, if you're worried about losing clients, I always like to do the math and say like, well, and I'm no mathematician, so I'll probably get this wrong. But but the idea is to say like, well, if I'm increasing my rates by 13%, am I going to lose more than that in in lost business? Like some people might walk away. They might say, I, I don't want to pay the higher rate. Most people, what, what a lot of freelancers forget or maybe never learned because maybe they didn't spend a lot of time in 
a traditional work setting is there's a lot of work and effort and time that has to go into hiring someone new, whether it's a freelancer or a full-time employee. And so the client you're working with, they probably don't want to, like you already, you already know how their business works. You already know how they like to communicate. You already have a good relationship. You've done good work for them. They don't want to go try to find someone else who can do all of that stuff. It's such a big risk and it's such a big, um, it's such a big consumption of time. They'd rather just stick with you. And so they're often willing to pay that extra amount just to not have to, it's the avoidance of the pain of the alternate scenario, right? So, so I think a lot of times we forget that there's a lot of value in your current situation more than just your hourly rate or the deliverables that you give them. Also the relationship that you have with the client, they, they find that valuable. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, the two to three year thing just keeps sticking out to me in the question because again, so much has changed and there are, you know, studies yeah, and posts yeah. on LinkedIn every single day of the growing cost of a forget how hard it is to hire that the cost of acquiring is, you know, skyrocketed because yeah. internal recruiters are either swamped or frankly, in a lot of cases don't have the skill set to really dig yep. in a competitive market. They're used to sort of falling into their laps. Um, so there's the time and energy cost of recruiting. There's the time of reviewing the applications. Um, so yeah, so much has changed. Yeah. And with, with yeah. freelancers, it's like there's the time of maybe you do a project once together with a freelancer and you realize, man, I really don't like working with them. They take too long. They don't hit deadlines. And then you got to go find another freelancer. Like it's even mm -hmm. it's an even bigger risk in some ways than hiring an employee because quite often it happens a little more hastily. And then and then it you know there's less obligation from the freelancer's point of view. So if you're a good freelancer, which Ani, I know you are, and your clients like working with you, that's even more reason to raise your rates. Um, I would also say like there is a small window where if if depending on what money looks like and finances look like in your business, we have before we've gone to our old clients and said, we are going to raise our rates on this day. Any work you would like to pre-book before that day, you can book at the current rate. And and while um while you don't, you know, you don't want to fill up your whole next year worth of calendar doing that necessarily. It makes clients feel good like they had a chance to get in lower if they needed to. And it also can give you a bit of a cushion. So like if they book out at the old rate, you know, a couple months of work for the next year, then then that's less biz dev you have to do in the coming year. And so it might be worth giving them that 13% discount or whatever, so that you don't have to do all the extra selling and biz dev and all of that that goes that comes along with it. So I think there are different ways to handle it with both Current clients, well, with current clients, and then I agree with you, Christine, for future clients, just present your rate. You don't have to say we recently raised our rates. In fact, that would be <laughs> maybe a terrible <laughs> thing to say. So, so yeah, I, I agree with what you've said. Yeah, and the last thing that I'll throw out there is that there also are ways to offer different pricing tiers. It's something that we've adopted um, as part of our mm. sort of formal pricing model. So we don't do a lot of project uh, based fees and we don't do hourly either. So we do neither of the things mentioned in this question. We actually do only days partially because the way that agencies work, it's just a model that makes sense for us, but the kind of principles are still useful. I think we essentially offer our rate card is built on reduced rates for the more you purchase. Um, so, you know, think of it as buying in bulk, <laughs> but for freelance yeah. time. So if you buy one to 15 days, it's going to be X a day. But if you go all the way up to buying 50 days from us, the rate goes down. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a great advantage for the client because then they don't have to come back and recontract. Their rates will stay the same. They have more flexibility um, in terms of how to use those days. But for us, it also gives us a bigger, you know, dollar commitment. 
And then the sort of second layer is that the more days you purchase, the longer you have to use them as well. Um, so let's say you buy 100 days from us, you get six months to use them. Clients really like that because it sort of gives them time and flexibility, but it also prevents them from doing that sort of hurry up and wait where, hey, we need you now. And then, oops, the project got delayed. We'll pay you in a few months. Hmm. Um, so that's right. another way to sort of, if there's some insecurity or uncertainty about pricing, which I do understand because some clients are more price sensitive than others, presenting them options where they feel empowered to choose. It's like, you know, circle the middle one, best option here kind of thing. You can also say, hey, look, for this particular deliverable, you get this, almost package out your options so that selecting a higher price is the choice the client's making um, instead of you. And it's just another way to sort of psychologically get an advantage in the situation and potentially feel more comfortable by offering a higher rate. Yeah, I love that. It's a great way to think about that. Well, Christine, this has been enlightening for me, hopefully for the listeners, for Ani particularly. Thank you so much for sending in a question. We'd love to hear your questions. You can go to freelance2founder.com slash ask. And Christine, before we uh, close out the call here today, why don't you just remind people where they can find you, where they can connect with you and learn more about you? Yep. So for the agency that I run, which serves both clients looking for freelancers as well as freelancers looking for work, you can go to co-conspiratorsagency.com. Uh, and then you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn handle is C Olivas, just my first initial and last name, C-O-L-I-V-A-S. Awesome. I would highly suggest connecting with Christine. Um, I've, I've really loved these last couple of episodes. I think we've got one more next week. So I look forward to chatting with you one more time. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Freelance to Founder short. Subscribe in your favorite podcast player for more shorts and full-length coaching sessions each week. Freelance to Founder is a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Podglomerate. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app by visiting freelance2founder.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell us why by leaving a review. Until next time, thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.